welcome back to another episode of Us Anxious Folk. I am here with Meg, who is a mama from New South Wales um, and somebody that I've been following for quite a long time. We were just speaking about how um, it's been, what, at least five years? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd say probably yeah, a good half a decade. It sounds good when you say it like yeah. that. That's, that sounds crazy. That you makes me yeah. feel a bit old. Really, I didn't love that when I said yeah. I went, no. <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> but, yeah, so thank you for being on the show. Meg's kindly agreed to um, speak to me about health anxiety, which is something that I, I'm really um, diving into at the moment, learning more about. Um, so, yeah, thank you for willing to no, be open. Thank you. <laughs> no thank you I think it's such a beautiful platform that you've created to be able to just express and learn from others as well so thank you Lauren thank you no worries (laughs) um well given given that let's jump in tell me your anxiety story share share your story look I cannot really remember a time that I haven't been or my identity hasn't been anxiety or mental health. Um, I remember, you know, as young as five, I really, really struggled with leaving my mum and the worry of what would happen when I left my mum. And I, and I think from about kinder to year two, I would go home sick, mm-hmm. um, and that could be, you know, oh, I've, I've been vomiting in the toilet. I wasn't like I just wanted to go (laughs) and I just want to go see my mum my safe place my you know make sure my safe person was okay um you know her and I went through some trauma with my dad leaving when I was two so for me she was my whole world and for me to have to leave go to school that was huge so that's kind of where I guess my mental health story starts of being so young and you know I preface this is I'm not you know, in any sense, a uh, professional, but I just look at kids these days and I just think I hope they're being heard because when we were younger, and I said that we have, we just said we're quite old now, <laughs> that you know, I hope they're being listened and heard because it wasn't discussed when I was younger. And yeah. I think that's one of the hardest things. And my mum beats herself up and I wish she wouldn't because it was like no one knew what was going on then. No one knew. They'd be like, oh, Meg, you're such a worry. Well, you know, you're such a, you, you think too much and, you know, yeah. I think now looking back, I'm like, you were not thinking too much. You didn't know how to not think too much. So yeah. Yeah. that kind of escalated, I guess, when I became a teenager. I didn't know because teenagers don't know what, what's going on. You know, you're trying to find yourself. And then on top of that, having anxiety, it was just I, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know how to handle myself. And I guess um, – that also an underlying condition that I've recently been diagnosed with was ADHD. So I can see how it all intertwined when I was a teenager, you know, being chatty, being too much, being a people pleaser. And I guess the only time I didn't feel anxious was when I hit about 17, 18 and I left home because that's what I knew what I was doing. Um, But then, you know, the anxiety came spiralling back in when I fell pregnant with my first. And I think you can appreciate that too, that that kind of, you know, it wasn't as bad as it has been with my, with my first, it was okay. I could manage it quite well, but um, 
I guess this is where then the health anxiety slots in. I had my second, I was pregnant with my second and I was so sick. I had hypermesis. Mm-hmm. So I was dropping weight dramatically, vomiting all the time. I was so unwell and I remember, and it's a bit of a joke in my family, I'd lost such an amount of weight that I stood up off my mum and dad's lounge because I just couldn't get up. But my my underpants dropped oh off my of me. So, that, <laughs> so, you know, now looking back, <laughs> it, was, it was not a good time. And yes. so I finally became medicated um, with some great anti-nausea drugs and it got to, you know, I was managing. But my anxiety, and I think this is where it kind of really hit home, was I was so afraid of becoming sick again. Mm. And I was so afraid of anyone else being sick because I couldn't control that. So I was 34 weeks pregnant and my whole family, because we were living with my parents at the time, my whole family came down with a terrible stomach bug. And that was the worst thing that could have happened, possibly. I was hospitalised for about the fifth time then with dehydration and you know, to me, it was that control issue. It was that what ifs. And it was thinking, what if I die? What if something's wrong with the baby? So it was like, oh my goodness, this just, you know, you're already exhausted being pregnant. And Mm. then there's that on top of it um, as well, worrying, could I look after my son? He's only three, like he doesn't understand. And so, you know, I had my baby beautifully, beautiful birth. Everything was great. I was great, but I slipped into, um, postnatal depression obviously let's just top it off there so um you know had some pretty intense pretty intense I say um postnatal depression and I became agoraphobic so I legitimately just did not want to leave the house I because of germs I was scared of germs so within an inch of you know the research you could find I found out how to get rid of stomach bugs what was the best thing to keep your gut health right how you know, stomach bugs manifested in your body and, you know, what was the time frame from if you were exposed to, you know, when you got sick. So I really, I delve deep into that with with, um, health anxiety. I think you become so obsessed with with what could go wrong and I mean I think that was that was my daughter's 10 now so she that was 10 years ago and I just remember now looking back just how sick I was and I didn't I couldn't comprehend that and I still am like wow you were not good you were not well um and I mean I say like health anxiety kind of runs in my family my grandma's always been really um really hypervigilant about her health as well mm-hmm. but and to me I was like I never want to be like that I never want to be so obsessed with my health I just want to live quite happily but you know you fall into traps and you can't help your brain yeah whatsoever so you know and I think the last two years being in a global pandemic it's um it's not been the best for people with health anxiety no it's everywhere like you can't you can't turn anywhere without hearing about you know wearing your mask and yeah how many cases per day and it's just I mean you know again it's you obsess you obsess about things and I say you know with health anxiety you become obsessed and I was overseas a few years ago and <laughs> I remember jotting down and secretly looking at where every hospital was in the different towns I was in yep. in case something happened yeah really aware of how I was breathing really aware and it's such a crack up I 
was so obsessed with if I had to eat vein thrombosis. So I would check my legs all the time. I'd be in like the, you know, toilet at, in the plane, like massaging my legs and moving them up and down and, you know, plane toilets are tiny. So I'm in there like doing stretches up a wall and stuff (laughs) sure I was okay and you know I can really laugh at this now but I never want to ever make someone who is struggling think it's a joke like I laugh at myself because I'm like oh (laughs) but anyone else I'm like no no this is okay so yeah you know I think that's (laughs) that's a very hallmark it's an Aussie thing we we put a humor on everything uncomfortable (laughs) oh everything that's how I think I've survived 32 years I'm like just laugh it off mate (laughs) (laughs) you'll be right yeah you'll be right <laughs> wow. So um so that was you were saying after you've already got one child and you were with your second. And so then um yeah. like I guess how did you how did you cope parenting? Um because you know kids pick up every bug, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. And then you end up that getting was- seeing the mum. Yeah, like was yeah. that how did you go? That was so hard for me. That was such, again, looking back, such a hard time because I was obsessed with keeping my two kids safe, keeping myself safe, making sure that no germs could come into the house. So, you know, I do, there is parenting guilt in that sense that I wouldn't take them to the park as much as I could. And if we did, I was just like panic attack after panic attack. And, Mm. you know, that's really hard because, you want to be a good parent, but, you know, there's a level of you become a lioness when you're a mum, but I'm like, that's not being a lioness. (laughs) That's just crazy talk. So, um, yeah, like that was really hard when they were younger. And I think, you know, I do hold a lot of guilt with that as well, that I was, I couldn't recognise I wasn't doing right in a Mm -hmm. sense, but it's all I knew. It's all I knew to do was to protect, to protect. So, Yeah. Especially yeah. if that was what was modelled to you as well, like you were saying, you know, with your um, grandmother. Yeah. And if it's yeah. normal to a degree within the space you grow up, it's hard to to see where it might Absolutely. be dysfunctional. Yeah. 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 So yeah. what, what um, I guess, did you seek help or did it come to you? Like yeah. how, I mean, how my, did that go? Again, my family are all such beautiful supporters and it was, hey, you're not doing well. I think you need to see a doctor. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. I'll do that. Yeah. When the germs are in there, (laughs) they're into doctor's surgery, but okay. (laughs) But I did, I went and I saw my doctor and she kind of immediately put me on medication, which I was like, yep, that's fine. Really, really high dose. I was like, yep, great. Fine. Um, and then kind of after a few visits, she said, let's introduce a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And I cannot recommend highly enough to talk, to talk to someone, whether that be a professional or someone you trust, because, you know, I still do. I need a good lot of talk therapy. I need to talk myself down and be like, no, no, everything's okay. Um, the psychologist I saw was wonderful. She understood. But then again, the anxiety creeps back in and I was like, mm, don't need this anymore because, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay. So I left it for a while. I was like, mm, yep. I'm fine. Like, <laughs> but then again, <laughs> it just slots right back in there. And I started to become obsessed with my heart, you yeah. know, started to become obsessed that I had stomach cancer, just 
a range of things. I was always so aware of little pains in my body and think, oh, this is how it ends. You know, I'm having a heart attack now and it would be heart palpitations. And Mm -hmm. so, again, slotting straight back in there. Yeah. And I imagine it's the same thing as, um, you know, that I would deal with with toilet anxiety, whereas when I look for the symptoms, I find them. Like, and you don't realise that you're the one perpetuating that. And it's like, but I feel it. I find it, you know, but. I'm I'm, I'm telling you my stomach's hurting. It must be stomach cancer. (laughs) So I think that, yeah. And like, again, you know, mental illness can create so many physical symptoms. So it's, Mm. you know, in one way you're telling yourself, no, that's not right. But then your body's literally giving you, you know, stomach cramps and and bowel issues and you're going well you know you've got to believe me (laughs) so yeah yeah Yeah. so how do you find the the space between that like how did you learn to kind of take that step back and um I guess you know not not obsess so much (laughs) it is I mean I think a good lot of it is in time you know I'm still learning I'm absolutely still learning how to handle myself I say that and I do look at myself of where I've been to where I am now and I'm like you are so much better but I think a good lot of it is just seeking that help and talking it out and understanding your triggers understanding what you know what you have to do and whether or not that be exercise or journaling or tapping or whatever it is and I think that's kind of I'm still learning. I'm still learning that, that I know it's okay to talk and it's okay to feel like that as well, kind of to be a little bit more gentle with yourself and go, okay, I'm feeling like this. I need to go talk to someone or I need to, you know, go outside (laughs) for a minute. And yeah. 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 Not fighting it as hard and trying to get rid of it, I suppose. Yeah. Because I think that just exhausts you even more because when you are trying so hard, to better yourself and make yourself better I think that just it's that extra level of pressure pressure that you do not need at all yeah it's like a hamster wheel and you you can't get off and yeah. then you're exhausted and you're yeah, stuck you're just- and it's like <laughs> I'm driving myself <laughs> crazy yeah <laughs> yeah so um you you mentioned the pandemic before and I I'm particularly interested to find how how that experience was for for people with health anxiety because I know for me um you know my anxieties are always there it's just a matter of whether or not I'm I'm in that loop or I'm not um yeah so and it can get triggered by different things yeah. so I know you said it was particularly challenging but it was there did you have a way of kind of um I guess buffering that for yourself um or was it was it just a whole like shit show? It's, it's only the last yeah, pretty, much. <laughs> pretty much. I think the last two years, it's just been whoop, nope. <laughs> like, yeah. No one knows what the hell's going on. Like even leaders of countries, we don't know really what's going on. Yeah. So I think that it's been. I mean, particularly that our case numbers here in New South Wales have grown dramatically over the last few months. I think that really set me off at the beginning I was like this is it like Mm. you know COVID's here kind of thing and I think at the at the beginning it was okay because it wasn't it wasn't so present in the community and people weren't really talking about it I was like oh did you hear you know there's this virus in Japan and yep 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 you'd leave it but then I think the more the media latched on and the more that you know you're sitting there scrolling and and people are messaging you about it and I think that that just 
plays such a big part because you can in a way block out and just focus on what you need to. Oh yeah, I'll look at the case numbers and leave it at that. But when there's such a presence with it, I think mm. that's what made it so much worse than people, you know, the deaths, they're reporting on deaths and, and the different symptoms. So, you know, I, I have had COVID. Luckily, I have been one of the lucky ones that really mild symptoms, but I finally got it. Like, it was like, yeah. oh, I've got it. Okay. So I was really prepared to be like, well, got to write my last testament and will. Um, you know, I built myself. could get bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could get bad. You never know. Um, I might have an yeah. underlying condition. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, once you've had it, I'm like, oh, okay, that was okay. Like, the kids are okay. Everyone's okay. Um, but I think I've had to lean on my partner so much the last couple years of having to talk it through yeah and you know going what's happening what what are we going to do here you know mm-hmm. like what if this happens and you know I think isolation has been great in a sense <laughs> in that way because you can control your little world and your bubble here and yeah. but it has been I think the last two years have really pushed me and really made me understand even more about my own health anxiety yeah I, I think that's the most interesting thing as well it's like another um layer to surrender to and and um you know as unfortunate as the last two years have been and how painful and yuck it's still another opportunity that we've like you said you've learned so much about how you can sort of nurture yourself through those yucky feelings um yeah it's just been many so (laughs) yeah Yes, it's it's not been a walk in the park for us in in Australia <laughs> no, lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm interested in your uh, your daily routine or, or sort of things that you do to um, I say to to stay mentally healthy, but I don't even like that term. But you know what I mean. Like, how do you sort of support yourself? Yeah. Which is such a brand new concept to me because I've always just been like, get in and you just, you have anxiety, like get over yourself, but not getting over yourself (laughs) in by any means. So I think especially the last few months, I've really honed in on what makes me feel good. And I've started tapping, which has been like my counsellor and I went through that a few months ago and it's just unreal like I love that I'll sit there and I'll be doing it and I'm like oh look at me like self-care <laughs> but I mean um, I think I've learned over I guess the last two years to actually care for myself mm. so if I need a break I'll go have a lay down that's a total new concept to me to be like see you kids <laughs> check it out for a bit <laughs> yeah love is but, uh, <laughs> and I think a lot like just um I guess it's that it's actually caring for myself and you know saying to myself I'm gonna have a cup of tea before bed like instead of oh maybe if I mop the floor before bed and things like that so I think it's just I mean I'm not great with journaling and I think that's the ADHD (laughs) I can't do it very well but um I do I do think tapping and I love to just get out and sit in nature like I just think that is such a underused you know, medicine in a way for yeah. any mental health condition. Yeah. Yes. I mean, right now it's not great with the rain, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Even that, that can be nice sometimes though, you know. Like 
I think it's funny that we're we're all like you know buying weighted blankets and like you know my daughter's got like fidget poppers whatever they are like trying to yeah. buy all these self-care things when there's like we can literally just go outside yeah and like literally just go sit at the beach much better <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's it's one of those things that we just forget like I guess the simple things are sometimes what we need the most and we we try and make it more complicated than it needs to be yeah Yeah. Yeah. like the kids and I went out the other day and we're gardening and I was like oh I have not felt this good in so long like we were just planting things and I thought holy shit you've missed an opportunity there for 32 years (laughs) (laughs) that was lovely like it was yeah it's I think that you're exactly right Lauren I think it is the simple stuff yeah me anyway (laughs) I've wondered if that's one of those age things though because I noticed about two years ago that I started to like gardening and I'm like is this because I've I'm in my 30s now is this something that happens when you hit your 30s that you're like gardening's (laughs) great yeah yeah Yeah, I was like "Mm, don't know about that one but yeah I I love um one of my favorite things when I'm outside is if I'm watering the plants, like letting the hose run over my bare feet. I don't know why, but it's like such a grounding thing and it's so soothing. Water. Oh, my goodness, water. I think it is, again, such an underused medicine for people because it is, it's just cleansing. Like everything about it is. And that's something that even like I started like lapping in my pool and stuff and I was like, yes, this is so great. But, you know, then you realise how unfit you are and you're like, oh. (laughs) Brings a whole host of other problems. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I'll just sit on the step. (laughs) (laughs) Is there an element with that self-care though where you've had to um, like – I know for me, I got a bit obsessed for a while with swimming as a way of, uh, you know, making myself feel better. But then I was like, um, I don't have a backyard pool. So I was like going to the, you know, public pool. And I'm like, there's lots of germs in here. (laughs) And I don't have, I don't have a lot of health anxiety, but even I was like, and I actually got sick from the pool once. And it, it just started this whole thing in my head. And I, I guess I'm curious, is it, has it helped you not just with like balancing your mental health, but with um, specifically with health anxiety? I think I, I mean, I don't love the gym for that reason. Like yeah. I don't like it. I like to be kind of solo when I do go out for a walk and things like that. Mm. Um, Cause like, yeah, I do actually, I, I do agree with you there. I think that when it comes to health anxiety, normal things such as, you know, going to the pool or the gym or you know any type of fitness situation where there's a lot of people you do kind of yeah tend to not I can't relax in that sense but if I walk or swim by myself or am by myself I know I'm okay because I'm like well I can't give myself germs can you yeah Yeah. okay interesting um Oh, I just forgot what I was going to ask because I was, I was, my brain was like, can you give yourself gym? Um, yeah, a little bit now I'm thinking about it and I'm like. Oh. <laughs> yes, no, I'm sure, I'm sure that's not a thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so these days with your health anxiety, where would you say you are? Because um, I know you said you've come such a long way and you look back then and think, wow, like I was really in a dark place how are things for you now? I think, honestly, they weren't great. 
I would say, okay, in an honest, to say it honestly, it, it hasn't been great since obviously the start of the pandemic and probably up until only a very short few weeks ago, purely mm. because I've really, really put healing ahead of most things because I just thought I can't keep doing this. Like I can't keep doing it. Um, I, I mean, the great thing is I'm not staying home as much like I'm not in that space where I was, you know, 10 years ago of having to be at home, having to be just, you know, in the one area at home and no one touch anything else. But I think, you know, it did get a point kind of maybe six months ago or something, I really couldn't function very well and socially you know I've got friends that want to take their kids to the park do you want to come Meg and I'd be like nope I can't I can't actually do that and I think that you know there's so much pressure on people and I wish people knew like especially that I wasn't doing that to be antisocial. I literally was like I just can't yeah I just cannot physically go there because I don't know how I'm going to react and I can't have another panic attack because I'm too tired for another panic attack like yeah so it's, I think at this very minute, I'm doing a lot better. Like I'm a lot more, you know, I had an ECG the other day and that was for something totally unrelated, but she's like really good heart. And I'm like, yeah, but right now it's a really good heart. Well, you've got the <laughs> oh, no. ECG. Like, How do you know? I don't have problems. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, like I think, you know, it is good. I mean, I'm not obsessing about my health at the very minute and that could be, purely because I'm trying to busy myself, you know, taking care of myself. But, um, yeah, I think I think it's better than it was, say, six months ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think I'm having a heart attack. I don't think, you know, my lungs collapse because I'm coughing too hard. <laughs> so it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Surely I think, like, there's that natural um, ebb and flow to everything, though, you know, depending yeah. on what's going on in your life in other areas, there's always going to be, like I said, like I'm in the loop or I'm out of the loop. Sometimes I'm not doing so well. Sometimes I'm doing better. It's just always going to be riding that wave. And yeah. I think I've, I've learned to kind of accept that about myself. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's exactly right. I think that I'm in a point of going, okay, it's okay. If you have a setback, that doesn't mean anything. That yeah. just means in a positive way, look at how far you've come. Yeah. Like you're yeah. better than you were a few years ago. So I think, you know, there is that positive soft talk that you yeah. have to do or you just completely lose it so, yeah, yeah yeah and, and you're, you're a lot like me in, in always adding humor in there as well so that's oh, one of definitely one of my coping techniques oh it's yeah it's like I can't not make a joke so. yeah <laughs> so with the tapping because I've I've uh learned a little bit about tapping but it's not something that I've ever really delved into myself like you know, figuring out a practice on my own. Um, if people want to know more about that, is it something that you can just talk to your therapist about? Is it? Absolutely. If they, I mean, my, again, really, really, really happy with my current therapist. She um, is like a master in tapping. So she just. I'm picturing like this Yoda, <laughs> this like tapping Yoda. <laughs> yeah. She floats as we're having sessions. It's wonderful. <laughs> But, I mean, she simply said to me, have a Google. And I went, oh, okay, that's it. So had a Google, came in the next time. She went, what did you think? I went, let's do it. Let's let's try this. It's another, you know, something 
else I can add to my belt of yeah. <laughs> making myself feel better. Yeah. Um, there's some really, really good websites to just have a look. If you just put in EFT tapping, mm-hmm. so much comes up, so yeah. much. So it's not, and it's definitely not a practice that's too complicated. It explains the different points you tap at, what they do, you know, the different mantras you can use. You can just use your own mantra of, you know, I'm safe in my body. That's my biggest one of my body knows what it's doing. Um, yes. Just yes. to be like, yeah, my body is safe. So it's as simple as that. Like, and it's, I I think it's such a good practice. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm so thankful for her taking the time to teach me and, and show me. Yeah. Yeah, I I imagine it's a really useful tool um, because, like nature, it's something that's accessible to you all the time, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I know nature isn't always accessible to everyone, but yeah, it's like you you can always tap. And yeah. I I love what you said about I'm safe in my body because that's always been a big one for me as well, and yeah. it's something that I'm still exploring. So yeah. I imagine that would be a really helpful mantra. I think so. I think for anyone with any mental health issues, it's your brain. Like yeah. you can't help that. So you are safe yourself. Your brain's just telling you maybe not. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have all these thoughts and, you know, some aren't helpful, some are helpful, but we forget that that doesn't mean anything really. Yeah. Like our body That's knows what it's doing. Yeah, your body's pretty, you know, switched on yeah 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 amazing so if you've kind of already answered this before but I'll I'll ask it again is there a piece of advice you would give to somebody in their darkest day or even yourself back when you were going through a really hard time what what would be the most important thing I I know you said um talking is is the main one is there something else you would recommend or? I think it would be that to really be gentle with yourself, to realise you are doing the absolute best you can do yeah. and to never put so much pressure on yourself because, you know, we're all humans, we're all trying our best. And if you've got that extra level of your brain just not cooperating, yeah, you need to love yourself pretty much. So it's, yeah. Yeah. I think just be gentle with yourself. I love that. I love that idea of like tenderness and just, you know, like you said, when we're kids, when we were children at least, it was yeah. not as gentle. It was like get your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> what are you cracking on with now? That kind of like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think so. And I think it just stems not even with mental illness, just everyone just be gentle with each other with you know with yourself especially because man the world is just a crazy place (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. that's exactly right I love that um (laughs) I am going to link Meg's Instagram um in the description box you should definitely go check it out she is at shaking hands with fear um if anyone wants to contact you is that that cool, they can oh, slide into your DMs. Slide into the DMs. I will be there. Maybe <laughs> awkwardness for a bit, but I'll be there. <laughs> Wicked. Excellent. And um, I I am personally going to go find out more about tapping because, yeah, it's one of those things that I heard but I just never really took on. But I, I'm yep. really intrigued. Yeah. 
excellent. Thank you, Lauren, so much. Thank you. Thank you for being um, vulnerable and, yeah, and being real. Very appreciated. It's all part of the anxiety. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Thank you for listening to the Us Anxious Folk podcast, the podcast for the chronically overwhelmed, perpetually panicked, anxious folk in all of us. If you would like to find more about me, you can find me on YouTube at Lauren Rose or on Instagram at Lauren R underscore Rose.